Coming to you from USL headquarters, this is Steel Some Time. Here's the USL's Kelsey Steele. Welcome into Steel Some Time. I'm Kelsey Steele. That's Scott Stu, and we are in the office, you guys, um, with some some bittersweet news to share. Uh, this will be the final episode of Steel Some Time. This will. It's. Um, I can't believe we're actually saying those words. Um, Stu's obviously gonna um, keep keep the ship running in, in some way, shape, or form. I don't know if you want to allude to that at all um, here out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, uh, so the lovely Kelsey Steele will no longer be hosting. So this will not be Steel some time um we will be in some way shape or form continuing this incredible journey um i will probably be hosting some sort of like interview based show for the next few weeks while we sort of get our ducks in a row um we'll take a week off but i'd say by july 4 week which what better way to celebrate american soccer than um, celebrating the independence day of our country but we'll figure it out we're gonna see what it looks like going forward um but sad we're not it gonna be doing is, it with you anymore it is and it'll be it'll be great um wh- whatever new identity steal some time becomes um but yeah this will be my last day um with the with the usl which is wild it's been an amazing four years um and, and i think the one thing that's come from this is a really cool dynamic between you and i and a really cool audience um between you guys and the fans and um i just feel really honored and and you know grateful that people chose to listen to us mm-hmm. every week um, and, you know, are, are investing in the game and, mm-hmm. and wanting to, to make this better. So this is just the beginning and um, I'm just, I'm really excited to see what's to come, but this is definitely a, a chapter and especially with Steal Some Time that um, I always hold super close to my heart and it does, it makes me sad to say goodbye, um, but some exciting things to head, uh, ahead for me. So I'm looking forward to that as well. And neither of us have ever closed a show before, so we're just going to kind of close this as we <laughs> see fit. Like, we're just rolling with the punches here a little bit. Um, but with that said, we do have a gift for Kelsey. Oh, God. It wasn't meant as a parting gift originally, but our friends in Sacramento, wow, kindness and generosity personified, um, want to shout out John Jacob specifically, did send along oh, your very own quail oh, kit, which so is cool. one of the best um, kits that I think exists in the championship in 2021 so this is for you wait Kelsey. this is awesome you guys over at sec thank you the detail on the this detail it's is, insane it, like in i feel like you this is what you don't see when in, in just the um straight up photographs like this is the stitching and um, it's everything it's everything it's everything Aww. so we have a nice gift she'll take it with her on her next stop um but at least tell the people where they can follow your next journey. yeah so um i'll be announcing this week kind of next steps for me um so so you can you can follow me on, on Twitter and Instagram at uh, Kelsey J Steele, um, and, and we'll make the announcement in the coming days. So, Come on, um, bittersweet but but excited, um, and, and it's been a heck of a journey. So excited to see what's next, and excited to share it with all of you guys too. We're all excited so. to hear. Well, let's let's just keep the positivity rolling. We still got an episode to do here, um, and, and I thought this one was. Um, a, a really natural way for us to end it as someone who also enjoys um, fitness. I think that's one of the things Scott and I always um, really bonded about. He enjoys his running a lot more mm-hmm. than I do, um, but we, we still kind of meet in the middle a little Somewhere. bit there. Um, so there is this dad in um, Wisconsin who went on a, a journey this year to um, break the Guinness Book of World Records for push-ups. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Um, take, How take, old is this dad? Do we know? <laughs> I'd have to find 30, uh, 
think um, he's in his 40s. Like, okay. he's not like, I mean, the dude's just living his best life. So he really. might be planning for like some shoulder reconstructive surgery at some point. <laughs> yeah. Right now he's going for it. He, he said he's, he's 45 years old and I quote, not getting any younger. <laughs> okay, there it is. He recognizes his own limitations. You love it. Um, yeah, so this is, I thought this was so cool. He's, he's a social worker um, and he launched his, his mission on June 14th. Um, so twofold with, with why he wanted to do this. Um, wanted to teach his children a lesson in the power of perseverance mm. by offering an example in real time. Because, I mean, he would literally just be, like, doing chores and, like, stop and drop 10, you Come know? And, and, you know, he's at work, stops and drops 10. Um, and then I think in addition to that, he um, wanted to raise money for a cause that he truly believes in, which is amazing. Um, so he's raising money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, cool. um, which is an organization dedicated to easing the financial burdens for the families of fallen first responders. Very cool. Which I think is just um, – Incredible. And we talked about it last week, too, with um, uh, Susie Hunter, I believe her name was. Yes. Um, but it's really cool seeing people do these causes for their own you know, good, no, for no other reason, but tying in some really cool causes with them, which I think is so um, so, so natural and, um, and telling, too. Like, a lot of great people doing some cool things and, and raising some money in, um, in the time being. So, yeah, he, he really wanted to, to honor the, the first responders and the, um, you know, NYPD um, and, and, uh, and really raise some money and pay tribute to those who had, you know, fallen in, in that, um, that day quite a few years ago. So, um, anyways, to, to gain that record... And the current record is 32 years old. <laughs> like, wow. this has been set for so long. Um, so he has been diligently documenting his accomplishments. He's got, like, a video vlog type cool. aspect. As um, you do in as, the 21st century. As as you do. And is uh, well on his way to, to um, I believe he's already completed 1.5 million push-ups. Yeah. Since when? Since, I believe it was last year. So June 14th of 2020. And it's 2021 now. I'm just so. going to do some quick math here because that'd be like, let's be generous and say, so that's about 4,000 a day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think he was, I think the article said he was like 3,500. That is disgusting. Um, but fantastic. Like, uh, he, so he has to have like a reconstructive surgery. For sure. Like, no, no question. He's asked. probably already replaced both arms twice <laughs> at this point. You know? But how cool is that? Oh, like, it's great. It's it, great. Like, he smashed the record. Like, there's no way anyone will ever no. um, hold, hold a, um, a hand to that. So I thought that was like such a cool one and one that you would appreciate too yeah for sure um and if you want you can show people how to do a, a push-up push yeah yeah and, that'll and- be on next week's episode <laughs> um we'll come back with a lot of fitness tips i'll bring the the bands in and we can just have a whole course i love it all right let's get to a, a restaurant of the week so i was thinking about this one especially with it being the final episode um I, especially pre-COVID, had the opportunity to visit a lot of really cool markets. All right, and, well, let's talk about and, it. In our space. Um, so I think one of the big ones I wanted to highlight out of the gate here was uh, the generosity of, of everyone in New Mexico. Mm. And when I, I, I've been there twice at, at this point, and both times it was very adamant that like I experienced New Mexico. Um, so I think one of the biggest things to take from that experience for me was that I know how to order my chili and I feel <laughs> like I have a leg up on everyone in the media industry because like when I go to New Mexico and they ask me, you know, how, how I want my, my chili, do I want to go green or red? I go, 
I'd like it Christmas style, please. Mm. And no one, do you know what that means? Clay doesn't know. Do you know what that Absolutely means? Absolutely not. But I would venture a guess that green and red, some sort of combination. It is a combination. You need them both. Like, I think if you want the full experience, <laughs> experience you need them both. And, and listen, like, I think what's cool too, there's so many hole in the wall, mm. extraordinary cuisine um, in, in New Mexico. I could, I could name um, so, so many forever, but um, that is forever one of my favorite places um, to, to visit for the people and for the food. Naturally. Um, there, There's one more I wanted to bring up. And so I usually have to send you these restaurants and Correct. you look them up in the middle of the show. Correct. So I thought it'd be so nice I could like actually show you. Oh, and we're going into lunchtime too. So this is just working wonders for our fitness <laughs> regime. So um, I know we've spotlighted barbecue before, but um, Austin, Texas has obviously mm. a lot to offer. Um, but wanted to highlight Terry Black's barbecue um, because that I think is hands down, the best barbecue experience I've ever had in, okay. in my life. Um, and um, we'll, we'll put this up on the screen for you guys Let's so so it. you can see it in the live show. But um, that was my my meal. <laughs> his, you guys, his, his hands over his mouth like Scott's in true. Um, so they're, what I loved about their corn at Terry Black's was it, it it's not like a, a hard. It's like a mixture between – like the kind of like swimming in um, like a broth, which is just like a, another level of a chowder. Dude, um, I think the fact that you walked out of this restaurant is like a working miracle of the universe. Oh, it, that I mean, your artery didn't just immediately just like shrivel and like just give out due to the quality <laughs> of this barbecue. Like, I think it's one of those where you're sitting there and you're like. I have to finish this. Yes, like I 100%. am. I am not a wimp. Like I'm here, but like I think I need to unbutton my pants. You so know? <laughs> the ultimate question, though, and I think this is good for the people to know. Yep. One of the biggest tests leaving any quality restaurant is how did you feel afterwards? Awful, absolutely awful. Write that down, folks. <laughs> if you don't feel horrible leaving a restaurant. You probably haven't done it right. I feel like especially According barbecue. According to Kelsey. Especially barbecue. Correct. You know? Um, so definitely a, a big recommendation there. And I'm sure guys like Amobia Kugo and, and, and all the guys over in Austin um, have many more wrecks where that came Absolutely. from. But, um, and we featured a few of, our, of my favorites um, throughout the days. But those two I definitely wanted to make note of. They take the proverbial cake. <laughs> take the cake. Let's talk week nine. All right. Um, because I think one of the biggest ones to come out of this week is that we might have have a uh, new candidate for save of the year. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and he's not even a goalkeeper. Mark, <laughs> what happened? Like, what's going through your mind at that point? This is like any means necessary type goalkeeping. I This guy put it all on the line. Yes. It was suit me up, coach, and then I'm kind of ready to be on the roster as a, a, as, a, as a goalkeeper. And that is a captain. Um. For those of you who don't know what Scott and I are going on a tangent about, Mark Segbers with um, Memphis 901 FC was called upon in like the 90th minute mm -hmm. um, that John Burner went out. Um, he had an injury. They needed a keeper. Mark raised his hand, put on the gloves, and actually made a, a, a game um, saving goal. Which um, like – Yeah, save. It was like a – like a hybrid save. It was like, for sure, I'm not a goalkeeper. Like, I'm going to slide tackle this out. But efficiency is the name of the game. I feel like at that point, it was like, 
what like body part can I use to get yeah. this done? Get it you out. Know? Get it out is the motto as the goalkeeper. And he did well. He did well. Memphis has their, you know, first home opener mm-hmm. win in, in club history. So that's that's a big one. Um, and what a way to do it. Yeah. hundred so. percent. Shout out Mark for Look. just like showing us what it takes sometimes. Dude, you've got my vote. Okay. I yeah. I will for what it's worth, I don't I don't work here for very much longer, but I you've got my vote. You've got my vote now. There's a long <laughs> season ahead, but like it's gonna be tough to beat it. I'll say that. Moving right along. Um, San Diego Loyal Phoenix Rising met for the 35th time this yeah. season. Um, and finally, um, SD Loyal got the job done. But I think what's interesting about this one is it may have been one of the, the worst games uh, mm. that the, the, in, in the, two, the meeting between the two clubs. Um, I mean, it, in Phoenix, it seems like everything was really going right for them and other than putting the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Is this one a fluke? This 2-1 win for San Diego Loyal, which we have to mention the two absolute screamers from Jack Blake, yeah. who just somehow, I think he either scores from the spot or he scores 30 plus yards out. For you sure. know, it's like it's like one or the other. Um, or, or has this win been a long time coming? I mean, I think for, well, one, like Jack Blake, confidence at an all-time high. Love it. Right? Love like it. if there's one dude who we know is not going to doubt his abilities, it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for Phoenix, like this is just going to be how it goes sometimes, right? Like sometimes the ball bounces your way. Sometimes it's in the in the net. And like I think they are going to be consistently the best team in the league, yeah. at least the best team in the Western Conference. Some weeks it just doesn't happen. Um for them to go down to two screamers from Jack Blake, I think they'll probably as like, because you're not going to say they're going to take it, right? But I think they'll probably accept, okay, it yeah, took two yeah. just blinders for us to actually be able to lose a game. Um, and it was away and it was San Diego's like another like full capacity crowd. Yeah. So tough environment. But if anything, I think Phoenix is going to use this as an opportunity to say, okay, now we know what this looks like. We're going to full capacity venues, a lot of energy when it's not going our way. How are we going to adjust? But I don't think it's a fluke for San Diego. I think maybe not long time coming, but I think we knew, or at least we anticipated at the beginning of the year that they were capable of playing at a level like this. Um, It's just weird because I also don't think that they played the best game of their season in their win over San Diego. Jack Blake just stepped up, and that's something Jack Blake does well. I think it's interesting, too, because if you look at uh, the quotes that came from Landon after that game, he was like, I think we would have been happy coming away with a point mm-hmm. for this one. Like, if, if you talk to me after every game, like, this is the one where I was like, I don't know if we like should have had these three yeah, points, you know. Absolutely. But he's like, that's how the game works, and you know, we were we were due, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's um, a, a big note to come along with it. And, and and Jack Blake, I mean, three of his four goals this season have been against Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy. If you look back, I think the number is something like six or seven all time against Phoenix. Like he, the, I don't know what it is if he just kind of rises to the occasion. Mm. Um, but it seems like he knows how to perform against the best. And I think that's a telltale sign of, of a true professional and someone who's a threat in this league too. For sure. You know? um, I mean, and after that first goal, like you could tell it was just shot on sight. Like it literally was yeah, on sight yeah. for Jack. And I, I think you can tell even on the second goal, it rolls to him and he just takes a touch. I mean, I think it's probably always in his mind. Like if I have a sliver of space, I'm going to take this opportunity. Um, it's just not often that you end up hitting the target. Most times it ends up in the stands, but for somebody with his... Um, capabilities uh it's not that big of a surprise finally san diego has the the 2-1 yes. uh victory over phoenix i think if anything that comes with that a little bit of a breath of fresh mm-hmm. air um and now on a five game undefeated streak how the turntables turn 
<laughs> I can't with you. Um, let's let's keep it going. Let's go to the opposite coast now. Let's okay. talk about Tampa Bay a little bit because you're talking about um, a, a club that dropped their second game of the season mm-hmm. this week. Are are there concerns now? Because they, they dropped from Pittsburgh, mm. who in turn had a six-point week. Mm-hmm. Um, so things are, are shifting here um, in, in the Atlantic Division. Where do where do your thoughts stand with Tampa Bay now? Are there concerns? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I actually spoke to somebody who went to the game. This was one of few fans at Al Lang that I apologize. I was not able to make it there uh, over the weekend. Some but fan. yeah, fan. I know, right? It's just it's in flux right now. Our relationship is um, dynamic. Uh, but I spoke to a couple people who were there, and they were like, "Yeah, it just didn't feel like the Rowdies carried the same energy like they normally do." And I don't know if that was just inconsistency between. Um, the, the usual starting 11 and the guys that we saw over the weekend, I'm not overly concerned, right? Like, I think you got to anticipate that sometimes again, kind of like with Phoenix, it's just not going to go your way. And I think that just happens, right? So you look at this game and you're probably like, okay, I'm sure coach Neil Collins's immediate focus was we're going to bounce back. We're going to go back. We're going to, we're going to do exactly what we know how to do. And we're going to get back to playing at the level that we want. I do think that we might be seeing the very early stages of what his life without Steven Dos Santos look like. Um, and Foster Langsdorf was able to deliver with a, a last minute winner last week, but I just don't know if, um, if that is going to be a sustainable model for them. I'm still not concerned by any means. I think Tampa Bay, like I said, with Phoenix will show themselves over the course of the season to be either the best team in the league or at least the best team in the East. Um, so I think this is one of those, Cases and now it's at home, so you hate it. But this is one of those cases where you just got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and we're back to the grind. Which leads me into the buy or sell this week mm. because Pittsburgh's six point week is for real. Win, o- win over Indy, win over Tampa Bay. They're now a threat to the Atlantic Division so much so they're in second place in the Atlantic Division. Have overtaken overtaken um, Hartford at this point, um, and a th- and threat to the um, Eastern Conference. So are you going to buy or sell that? Pittsburgh is now someone to be worried about. Yeah, I mean, I think Pittsburgh, so they, they've they played three more games than Hartford, so I'll say that. But I think Pittsburgh is always a team, especially when Bob Lilly is at the helm, that you just cannot look past, mm-hmm. right? Now, granted, their win over Indy, um, that was Martin Rennie's last game for a reason. And we'll say that, right? Indy was just not performing the way that they expected themselves to. They were not performing at the standard that, you know, had head coach Rennie had expected them to. They won that game down a man, which I think is a testament to Pittsburgh's resilience, but also to just how not great Indy was during that stretch. The win over Tampa Bay is a confidence boost. It shows us, okay, we might have felt pretty good about ourselves going to Indy, but they weren't playing that great. Now we just went to Lang Stadium and beat the best team in the Eastern Conference. So while that while they've played through more games than Hartford, I think Pittsburgh will firmly be in the playoff conversation. I think that they will absolutely be the team that you do not want to play in the playoffs simply because they are very dedicated to their way of playing and few teams execute as well as they do over a consistent period of time. We'll see what's to come here in, in week 10. And we're going to get to week 10 in our social moment of the week when we come back after the break. Hey everybody, this is Matt Van Okel of the Birmingham Legion, and we are here with Steel Sometime. 
We're back in to steal some time with a few social moments of the week. I'm Kelsey Steele, Scott Stewart. Uh, first and foremost, Stu, we know what's happening in the world right now. Are mm. you an Olympics guy? I am. I've always been an Olympics guy. Okay, because we are you. I've been watching the trials mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm like feel like I'm getting geared up. Like yeah. these trials are like getting your mind right. You know, Tokyo is not far away. Tokyo is not far away. And uh, you know who is going to Tokyo? Shakiri Johnson mm-hmm. or, or Richardson, I should say. I'm so sorry, Shakiri. Anyways, she qualified for the 100 meter dash. I think it was Sunday night um, for the 2021 Olympics in the absolute best way. First of all, fully decked out, yes. hair done, nails done, eyelashes done, looks great. She clobbered. Everyone inside. I mean, she completely ran away with this, literally and figuratively, mm-hmm. comes across the finish line in like in screams, I'm a ch- champion. Yeah. <laughs> goes, I'm an Olympian. I'm, I'm an Olympian. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, if that doesn't and, and you, if you need the full effect, so go look look up the video because this is just like why you love sports, yes. you know? Like these people work for so long for that one moment. Um, and now people are comparing her to Usain Bolt and mm. how she's the next Usain Bolt. And it just kind of made me think about like why do we always have to compare to someone mm. as the next one, you know? And um I, I thought that her her comment was really cool. She's like, I'm here to stay. Mm. And and you know, I'm I'm the first of me and like we need to stop with the comparisons. Mm-hmm. I so I thought that was like really interesting because there is something to be said about letting people kind of write their own narrative and, and just because they might be great, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that just because they came after somebody that they're, you know, should should be qualified as the next Usain Bolt. So absolutely love that one i'm so ready for the olympics and shakiri richardson is an absolute legend yeah i don't know what it is and i think it's i don't even think it's an american thing i think it's like a universal thing we just love to compare yeah athletes yeah we love to compare period but we love to compare athletes the next this the next that i'm fully on board like your story is your story yeah and if you want to be the next somebody great if you want to model your game after mj or you want to run like usain bolt fantastic but Mm -hmm. you're still you um, and that's always going to be the biggest story for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, elsewhere across social, you had a few this week too, right? Yeah, I just thought it was cool. Um, obviously, celebrating Juneteenth and celebrating mm-hmm. freedom. I thought we saw a lot of fantastic tributes around the league. Um, obviously, shout out the BPA and everybody who's been involved with um, really their work the entire season. But to see Juneteenth come around and, and all the activations around that, I thought was fantastic. And then Father's Day. I think it's one of the um, one of the best of the best and got to see a lot of cool tributes to um, players who were giving tributes to their fathers, yeah. but also players who were being, you know, given applauds for them being fathers. Um, so just a, a league wide celebration. And I think it's just um, it's something cool. I think dads, you know, in, in this day and age, there are very few more important figures in somebody's life than a father. So there's, big celebration. I don't know if there's anything that warms my heart more than the the photos that we get to see after the game, especially mm-hmm. on, on Father's Day um, with with the players across the league with their kids, with their kids wearing mm-hmm. their jerseys. And it's just that is one of the most heartwarming. I'll never forget um, when I was in New Mexico, Josh Suggs's um, kid had come down on the field and they were walking off and I got this really cool picture of the two of them holding hands they're walking off and i was like this is what it's all about because as much as we hate comparison we do love a long-lasting legacy and just the idea that that child gets to experience that with their father or their mother when it come when mother's day came around Mm -hmm. but just the idea that that child has a model to follow 
right? Like whether or not that kid ever plays professional soccer like Josh Suggs is irrelevant. It's about the moment that we get to enjoy because mm-hmm. they get to enjoy it. Yep. And they'll have that photo. And they'll have those memories mm-hmm. forever, which is, I think, one of the coolest parts of, about the league and being a professional athlete in general. So great so week. Many, great week. So so many special things um, heading out at a week nine. So let's move over to week 10 yeah. because this is a, another heavy, heavy slate this week. Yeah. And it's starting uh, on Tuesday, too. So right out of the gate here um, with Austin and Colorado Springs this evening. Um, you can find that one on ESPN Plus. And we're kind of just moving straight through the week mm-hmm. after that. Um, Wednesday's got a pretty large slate. Same with Friday. Um, I think um, I want to hit you with the buy or sell first mm, um, out right. of the gate here as I'm looking at the schedule um, because we've got Miami and Birmingham this mm-hmm. week. So are you going to buy or sell uh, that Miami comes back with a win over Birmingham considering the international duty guys have now returned to that Miami squad, which I think we can agree was a, a, a big hurt, you know, a, a, a point for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I would like to buy into Miami. I like Birmingham a lot. Like I think as the season goes on, the more and more bought into Birmingham I am as a whole, um, which doesn't mean that I'm not bought into Miami. Cause I think that come playoff time, that's another team that I just don't really want to play. Um, but I think even given the quick absence, it might take a little bit of time for that cohesion, mm-hmm. right? Like Miami already didn't have a ton of time to find their cohesion as a unit. So even though those guys are back and they're at home, I'm going to stick with Birmingham. I'm going to sell Miami coming back with a win this weekend. I think whether they get a point or not is kind of irrelevant to me. I just don't think Miami's going to get over the line, mainly because, again, I believe in Birmingham and especially that defensive unit that they've got at the back. Miami's just two points back mm-hmm. behind Charlotte, too. You know, So they're they're in that fifth place they're spot. Right so you could almost, I mean, I don't want to look too far here into October, but they could hang around just enough and make that spot in mm-hmm. the postseason and then just wreck havoc yes. like just turn it on i think that's kind of terrifying yeah i think they need i still think personally that they need a couple more weapons yeah um, and we'll see where the goals are going to come from consistently across the season mm-hmm. we've talked about their back line being as solid as they have with ramon del campo being added and paco craig being added we've talked about speedy williams and the addition to midfield mm-hmm. um, richard ballard has done well and we've seen him up top but i still think we're waiting to see like is Cristiano Francois going to be their most consistent weapon mm-hmm. or do they need a couple more attacking pieces? I'm leaning more towards the latter right now, but it's a long season. They, and I don't think Francois has ever served as the weapon mm-hmm. in, for, in his previous, um, you know, rosters. He's been one of the weapons, mm-hmm. but I don't think that he's somebody you turn to and you go, that's the main guy. Right. So I think that says it all, right? That yeah. That- sort of the weight of the shirt. Like yeah. you are really going to be the goal getter for us. Yeah. Uh, and it's not that again, and I want to be careful. Like it's not that they don't have a nice full complement of rosters. It's more just that I believe that they have more to them should they be able to add mm-hmm. maybe one or two more pieces up top. Makes sense. Let's go elsewhere down the schedule. We've got Hartford and Tampa Bay Great game. this week, uh, Saturday night um, at Dillon Stadium. This is going to be a nice clash here in the Atlantic Division. Yes. And, and, and when you look at the standings too in the Atlantic, I know we just talked about Pittsburgh um, overtaking Hartford, but like you said, Hartford is a few games back. So there is a lot of room there, I think, for them. Um, but but I like what I'm seeing out of Hartford mm-hmm. this year. And I think that the Rowdies probably have the most pressure than they've had this season to to turn this around. Because we've got two losses in June now mm-hmm. out of the Rowdies. This is, a, I think, a, a big statement win for them to go on the road and bring three points back to Tampa Bay. Yeah, and I mean, Hartford hasn't exactly been like 
destroying them other teams mm-hmm. right like a lot of their results have been like 1020 now we have the the outlier the 70 against yeah. new york and which is why their goal difference is positive 9 right, right now but i think that you know hartford is going to be a team this is going to be a great opportunity for tampa bay just as much as it is hartford because both of these teams kind of rest themselves on we're going to establish an advantage and we're going to hold on to it which team jumps out in front first, I think, says everything about how Saturday night is going to go. Um, I think it's probably the game of the week for me overall, just because Hartford has a lot of potential. But I do think that if I had to pick one of the two sides that has figured themselves out more, it is for sure Tampa Bay. Um, so I think there is a lot that Hartford still has to prove over the long run. But what we've seen out of six games, I mean, four wins, a loss and a draw speaks for itself. They've been fantastic to date. I think it's interesting too, as as we look down, how that can start to measure mm-hmm. between. I mean, we hypothetically could have a, a nice little three, four, you know, uh, way battle there in, yeah. in the Atlantic, um, and it goes back to you know when we're going through those divisions, w- how much of a factor that's going to play. Yeah. Um, especially when we talk about uh, a playoff run come October. So I think when we talk about the shifts and what that looks like and who's going to turn it on when, I mean, we could see Hartford. You know, they're not they're they're not blowing people out of the water, mm-hmm. and maybe that's going to end up meaning they drop a few points back. Yeah, point. and you just don't, I mean you don't want to peak at week nine. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yep. you don't want to just jump out on start on such a flyer that you know come week 24 you're suddenly finding yourself struggling to carry Mm -hmm. momentum so like i said i love how we've seen hartford start i think they've been really impressive i mean again four wins out of six games regardless of how you've done it is impressive enough i think the 7-0 kind of puts things in perspective when you look at the full picture um but i have no reason to believe that hartford won't be in the playoff race come September, October. Elsewhere this week, we've also got Orange County and mm-hmm. LA too. Uh, that's obviously a, a big run there in the specific division. And, and we're talking about two points separating between the, the second and third place team here in the Pacific. So trying to close in Orange County, you guys might not notice it. Orange County is three behind mm-hmm. Phoenix right now. And it feels like this is a club also that kind of had that weird start too to the season. It was like, you know, we, they they had the addition of Chris Weehan, which we knew could be a, a difference maker. Um, are you kind of seeing a turn here when we look at at Orange County and that this could possibly be a a threat to Phoenix in the West? Yeah, I mean, I think we've we've always thought Orange County was capable of at least being a contender, whether it's a dark horse or whether they're front of the pack. I think we've always kind of watched them and I Mm -hmm. think they've made some really good additions in the offseason to get here. But of their seven games, five of them have been one goal games. So their loss to LA, though it was 4-3, they were right in the picture. On the reverse side of the the four of those, they have also been like, okay, we are just not necessarily eking it out, but we're not winning convincingly. They've only had two wins that have been um, anything more than one goal. So I think it does say a lot that, you know, they're learning how to be efficient. They're learning how to get the job done when they need to. Catching Phoenix is an entirely different race, and that'll be um, that'll be a season long sort of push. But what we've seen again of Orange County, I, I want to say in the in the same vein as Hartford, 
it's been fantastic. It's been a great start. I don't think you can ask for much more than where you're at now. So the question is, how do we continue this? Um, and I think they've they've got a really good team. They've got a fantastic technical staff. Um, and I think it is a bright future for Orange County. And it's interesting. I'm looking here and Orange County doesn't see Phoenix again until August, right. August 14th. And I think that is absolute best case scenario. Yeah. You, you got a month and a half at this point, or maybe almost a full two months to get there, honestly. Yeah. And, and not a, a ton in that path. I mean, you've got Tacoma, you've got, um, you, you've got LA. Um, I mean, I love seeing, like, they've got Charleston at one point, which is just so funny. Great. Charleston and Orange County playing each other, you know? Um, so there's Sacramento, there's some winnable games there um, that I think could, could get them to the point where when they see Phoenix, they're going to be feeling good. Yeah, I think even more than just Phoenix, though, it's how are you going to perform against your other divisional opponents? Yeah. So. You might have your mind long term set on we'd like to be as close to Phoenix as possible, but that means you got to beat LA, you got to beat San Diego, you got to beat Tacoma. And Las Vegas is kind of all over the place right now. We haven't seen nearly enough of Oakland for me to give like a definitive opinion on where they're at. You know, Sacramento is capable of performing strongly. You know, Tacoma is at least able to show up on a weird night and beat you. They already did it once. Um, so it's just kind of like, yes, Phoenix might be the focus. But in between, we need to take advantage of every opportunity we're given. And it sounds like between now and August 14th, they have a lot of that. A full, full slate mm -hmm. headed our way here for week 10, already in double digits. The season is well underway, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, lots lots to look forward to here. Before we do our, our final send-off, I thought it would be fun um, to, to talk a little bit about some of our favorite moments over the oh. last three seasons. Um, and I think when we talk about some of the highlights of our shows over the years, one of the big ones that definitely comes to mind is that um, championship final show that mm. we did in Louisville. Yeah, that was great. Um, I mean, it's the only time that we've ever done a live show. Mm -hmm. um, and, and kudos to Matt Calvo for making that happen. And, you know, that that's not an easy task, especially to get audio right in such a busy place. But um, steal some time, all time leader. Uh, Jeff Ruder was on site. <laughs> um, I think that's that, that's obviously added to it, but it was cool. There was this live element. People were there watching, um, and it is a reflection. Like that was our best viewed and listened to show mm -hmm. ever. Um, and, and for me, it's one of those. I think it was you know the only show we've ever had drinks with mm -hmm. when we were going. So maybe that's why you know it was it you was the know. best. It was the best one to listen to. Um, but I think Jake uh, Edwards even came on to the show. Maybe that one. Um, I think Ryan Madden was there too. It was um, one of those that I think when I look back, it's like instantly brings a smile to my face. For that sure. was one of the most um, fun shows I think that we've ever done. Yeah, just really unique, right? And I think the one of the coolest parts about this podcast has not only just been one, the opportunity to get paid to sit here and talk about mm -hmm. the game is incredible. But the complement of guests that we've been able to talk to over the last, you know, three years, you know, the first show where we got to speak to Landon Donovan before Landon Donovan was who he is now for mm -hmm. San Diego. I mean, we've had a number of just really cool interactions. And I think to be able to do this has just been an insane um, blessing. And it's been an incredible thing that I just don't think we're going to be able to replicate anything like this, you know, and that's that's great. That's fantastic because you take all of the great times and you storm away and you just kind of keep plugging away. I think what's cool, you know, we made I made my announcement on Sunday and so many people were like, what's going to happen with Steel some time? Mm -hmm. And it's like there's I do want to make a point like there's no greater compliment that you could give mm -hmm. with by saying a comment like that. You know, it, it, that, it means everything to me. Um, and you talk about people that have chosen to take time out of their day to come and honor our show. Seton O'Connor. Um, yes. Uh, 
a long, um, you know, <laughs> probably forever lifetime fan of Hartford Athletic, um, but well known with the Dan Patrick mm-hmm. show. Um, incredible um, talent. You know, he he gave us time. We've had multiple former U.S. women's national mm-hmm. team players on this podcast um, and then truly just some incredible people. So I'm just so thankful that I've gotten to do this journey with you of all people. Um, it's it has been um, the ride of a lifetime for me. And um, I just I, I still kind of pinch myself to think that like people chose to listen to us and like what we had to say. Um, and that's the ultimate compliment. Yeah. I mean, no one was asking where the Twitter accounts going. No, you know, no, one was, no one was like, are we going to be able to still at USL championship, you know? Um, but it's a testament to the work that you've put in over the last three years. It's a testament to everything that's gone on in this office. And I don't think there's any more fitting way for us to be able to close this out than to be back in the room. There's and, something and special about that. Yeah. There truly is. And I know that there's so much good to come. Um, it, we're the, in terms of, of talent and, and creative and everything here at AHQ, there is so much to come um, here in the few years. And you guys are going to take this well beyond um, how we started it. So I'm just so thankful for you to, to go on this journey with me. And um, I, I think I walked over to Stu at one point and was like, hey, I kind of want to do a podcast. Would you, would you be up for co-hosting? And he's like, cool, I'm in. Let's yeah, do it. Why not? Um, he, had, he had no idea what truly <laughs> what he was in for in doing it, you know, remote for a year and a half, yeah. um, which was an experience in itself. So um, thank you guys. Thank you um, for, for being a part of this journey with me. It has, it has been the, the honor of my life and um, steal some time. It's not steal some time without Scott. Um, it, it might be my last name, but this show is truly a, a 50, 50. Um, and I know many of you were always upset that Scott did not get his due. Um, so in this last episode, I, I would like to stew some time mm. and, and go out on, on a great note, <laughs> but, but all jokes aside, um, I'll, I'm looking forward to, to what's next for me. Um, but the, the USL and especially the, the fans and um, players have, have always been, um, so welcoming to me and, um, there's so many great things to come. So I'll get off of my soapbox, but, um, appreciate you guys. Uh, and, and I, For the last time, I guess this is uh, Kelsey Steele and Scott Stewart, um, and this is Steal Some Time.